another hope-filled message from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifeau.org. I think when we talk about Holy Spirit, it's like, wow, you're sitting down. I, I honestly, as I was preparing, have been preparing for a little while, I felt mid this week, God felt, just it seems a weird thing to say, but I felt like he just said, just sit down today. And, um, you know, it's, there's a lot going on. We're having a baby. You know, it's hard work. So I thought I would sit down and uh, just, just take it easy, you know, take it easy. And I am not a sit-down guy. Already I feel awkwardly unnatural. And, um, and by the time I get off, the seat's going to be very warm because I'm just going to be, like, moving as if I was up. But maybe it's because when we're talking about a topic like Holy Spirit, people would go, oh, no, here we're going to rant and rave. But I believe... Holy Spirit is not a ranter and a raver. He is not intensity. Uh, he's all powerful and he's personal, but it's, it's a very, he is so approachable, so connectable. And so if maybe, be me, me, maybe by me sitting down just makes that a little bit more easy to hear, then I pray that's the case. Because if it doesn't, I'm still wondering why. But to be Holy Spirit-led, I, 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 um, I love that from the very beginning of Genesis, Genesis 1 verses 2, we're here already about how Holy Spirit is there hovering over the deep. Some people say, oh, it's a New Testament thing. It's just since uh, it was all about when Jesus left, he, he gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's been in the game from the very start. From the moment the whistle was blown, there he is right there. And it's amazing. You go all the way to the last book of the Bible, Revelations 22, uh, the last chapter of the last book, and there Holy Spirit plays a key feature. And so it's important to know that if he's in there from the start to the end, then he needs to be a part of our world as well from start to end and every element of it. We don't graduate to a point that, oh, okay, now we need Holy Spirit. No, from the moment we engage with him, he deposits himself within us. Who knows? That's where things change. The old is gone and the new has come and we start to renew the way we think, the way we see things. The things we used to do, we no longer can do, not because we've been given a rule, but because grace and the Holy Spirit has led us to a point where we're going, that actually is no longer the best thing for me. And so we desire to change out of that. But we can all, I'm sure, agree that if we are going to live this overcoming life, which we've declared as our theme this year, if we're going to live this overcoming life, then it's important that we have Holy Spirit with us. Because we actually can't do it on our own. Come on, we're not smart enough, not strong enough, not capable enough, not got the character enough to be able to actually do all that God has us do. Uh, are we all on that same page? Awesome. I, I love what uh, Pastor James Murray, a friend of ours, a uh, friend of life, obviously, posted this week. He put up, he said, God sent us a saviour because we needed saving. Then he sent us a helper because we need help. Uh, I'm just like, amen, amen. All right, I think the... Let's pray. Let's close. Uh, like that's, we need help. Come on, man. I need help. I need help every day. I need help. If I deny that I need help, then I'm living more in my ability than I'm living in His will. But if I'm living in His will, I'm definitely aware that I cannot do it on my own. So therefore, I need help. I need the helper. And it's cool. The Holy Spirit has so many different names. He has the name Advocate, which is pretty awesome. He goes before us and He pleads for our case. That's pretty cool. He has the name Friend which is awesome. Nobody likes that one. Uh, he has the name counsellor. Counsellor, which means that he is guiding us through our emotional turmoil up and down, yo-yo, highs, lows, but there's the counsellor walking alongside you going, yes, it'll be okay, it'll be okay. At the same time, come on, he's the spirit of truth. So he's like, get up. Hurry up already. Get over it. Come on. Don't let this hold you back. It's okay. It's okay. And he kicks at the same time. He's a, 
He's very good. He's very good. He's a spirit of healing. Come on, he's a spirit of freedom. He is our comforter. Now, I might sound like uh, Captain Obvious uh, right now, but, uh, and this was profound when God put it in my spirit. Not that it wasn't, I didn't know it, but he just weighed, laid a fresh weight on it. He, the Holy Spirit is God. Uh, everyone goes, yeah, there you are, Captain of. You know, like, I, yeah, for sure. No, 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 the Holy Spirit is God. In Matthew 10, it talks about this, the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Father God. In Romans and in 1 Peter, it talks about the Spirit of Christ is within us, which is His Holy Spirit. So this is my question. When He leads, when He reveals and when He speaks and when He shows things to us, do we see it as another opinion or do we take it as God speaking in our life? Because that's a pretty big question. Do we see it as a, oh yeah, that was a bit of a nudge, a prompting? Oh, just another opinion? Oh, just another thing I probably should maybe do? Or do we hear God saying, stop, forgive, lend, serve, give of yourself, turn around, pick up, let go? Or do we just go, oh yeah, I probably should let go. I probably should forgive. I probably should hand, lend a hand. But if we put the priority or the, not the priority, if we put the enormity that the Holy Spirit is God speaking to us, then I'm telling you the weight of what he puts in our spirit all of a sudden has so much more power. Come on, we just talked about baptisms. There's people in this room, you got a nudge by the Holy Spirit. They say, come on, you're not baptized yet. And we would say, oh yeah, I'll have to think about it. Am I right? Oh, maybe not this time. Oh, maybe one day. No, no, if the Holy Spirit's giving you the old, hey, hey, come on now, that's for you then that's God speaking to you, saying, come on, there's another level I want to take you to. Come on, I want to do something in you that you might think is a religious practice, but it's not religious. It's actually more relational than you're giving credit. He's nudging us. He's nudging us. Come on, next steps. We talk about it every week, yet there's people who haven't go because, oh, yeah, that's not really for me. Oh, I don't really need to yet. There's times when you're trying to block out that nudge. And you think, oh, here you go, promoting courses. No, no, I'm promoting you, taking a step forward and getting more connected and more in line to what God wants to do in and through you, in His church and outside the church. But, oh, no, it's just a nudge. <laughs> Come on, the, the other week when Pastor Robert, nearly stood up then. Um, the other week when Pastor Robert spoke, he, um, he talked about the significance of getting out of debt. Um, you maybe weren't in that uh, meeting, but when he said that, something in me was like a nudge. Now, I don't live in a wad of debt, but I thought that was a word for us, for, for our church. But how many people have gone then to put in action what that means to enable that? We have CAP, which Joel leads, and it's an amazing course. But how many people say, oh, I know CAP's there, but then, oh, it's a bit embarrassing. Oh, but, you know, what, what will, maybe, maybe Pastor Craig will know. No, it's a confidential service. I don't know about it. But why would that stop us anyway? Having other people get alongside and say, come on, you can get out of debt. We can help you. It's a free service. Why wouldn't you? And here he is, nudging, nudging, but we're just like, oh, no, resist, resist. Oh, awkward feeling, don't feel, don't want. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> we haven't got work at the moment, but we're looking for a job. Man, we've got job clubs. Every, every week there's a course that you can go and, and equip you to help you get a better job, or help you get a job, get a better job. If you a job you don't like, come into the course. Starts again this Thursday. It's going to be amazing. There's information at the information desk, of course, because there's an information area. But if Jesus was the, Wow. If Jesus, was, if Jesus was to be here right now and he said to you, I want you to go and speak to that person. Like if Jesus was right here and he said, I want you to go and speak to that person. 
Would you say, oh, I don't really know what to say. But if Jesus, Jesus is standing here and he goes, no, I really want you to go speak to that person. They just need you to connect with them. And when you get there, I'll give you the words to say. You don't need to know everything. When you get there, I'll help you. But you need to go. Would we deny Jesus because it's just like, oh, no, it's awkward. I don't feel like it. I don't really know what to say. Or would we be like, whoa, son of God, God, like right here, telling me that he wants me to do something. He wants to move through my life. He actually wants to use me to help somebody. What an amazing honour that God would speak to me to get me to help somebody. And yet I would go, eh, don't feel like it. No way. He would speak to us and we'd be like, oh my goodness. What is he going to want me to say? Oh my gosh, what's the conversation we're going to have? Oh, this is going to be incredible. And we would make our way over in our nervousness and still in our natural fear. But because the God's word spoke to you, you would go. Yet sometimes so easily, Holy Spirit speaks, but it's so easy to say, uh, I don't know. But I'm believing that we would be more encouraged about having a Holy Spirit-led life. And maybe if that's just the only revelation you get to get, come on, when Holy Spirit drops something and He nudges you, He prompts you, He leads you, that is God speaking to you. Come on, He is, that's a privilege in itself that He's speaking to us and He wants to move through us and He wants to shape us and mold us. And that's an amazing thing. John 16 says this, it says, uh, I have, this is uh, Jesus talking, I have much more to say to you, more than you can bear right now. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, who's he talking about? He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. So when we think, oh, it's just Holy Spirit doing his own little random thing. No, no, he will not speak on his own. He speaks only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. How good is that? The Holy Spirit is all about preparing us for where we're going to go, preparing us for what we're going to do, preparing us for where the things that He has in store. He will glorify me because it is from me, this is Jesus speaking, that He will receive what He is about to make known to you. So when He speaks to you, it's like Jesus is speaking to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. Now now He's saying, and it's not only just from me, what I receive is from the Father, the big dog, like the, the old Alpha and Omega, right? Like it comes to me, to hold, it's not Chinese whispers, it doesn't get twisted and worked out some other way when it gets to you. It's coming straight from the top all the way to us. And that is why I said that the Spirit will receive from me what He will make known to you. When the Holy Spirit leads me and guides me, it is not an opinion. It is an instruction. When he leads me and guides me, it's not an opinion, it's an instruction. So I should not receive it like a consideration, but rather like a command. We should not receive the Holy Spirit's leading like a consideration. I'll consider that. No, no, no. We should receive it as a command. Yes, I'll follow that. I'll step into that. Are you with me? Could it be that we are more likely leading him than he is leading us? Ever seen, uh, we live in a reserve area where there's, um, you know, a free dog park kind of thing and dogs roam around and they run and go crazy. And then there's the ones that are yet to let their dog off the leash because they know when they let it off, he gone, he gone. Like, but the dog will do everything to get. Right? And so there's this poor uh, person, uh, you know, holding this dog and it's just like, rah, like trying to go and they're just like, you know, like getting dragged along. And it's like, no, no, don't, don't go there. I'm, I'm not, re- don't do that yet. No, 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 you're not ready for that yet. You're going to upset people. You're going to jump on kids. No, no, I've got to restrain. You're not ready for, and who knows that we can be like the dog sometimes. 
Come on, that we're pulling. I want to yeah. oh, go over here. I want to get away from what you instruct me to do. I want to go over here. I want to do what I want to do. And Holy Spirit's holding on going, I'm, I'm with you because I'm with you. Because I'm in you. I'm with you. But, but you're not ready for that yet. You're going somewhere that you're not supposed to go. Come on, if you, if you just actually listen to my command, I actually want to let you off the leash. But until you're ready, I actually have to have some control and, and enable you to be able to listen, to know my voice, to know my command, so that in all the other distractions, you still hear me and you listen and you follow me. But we want to we pull and go our way. Oh no, I want this relationship. Oh no, I want to buy this. I know I've got to get out of debt, but this is just so awesome. I really want to buy this right now. And we're led by these feelings and these emotions. But husband, come on, there's, if you just listen, there's actually more freedom when you listen to me. See, I love this illustration. I saw it recently from a friend of ours. And, you know, it's, it's like, hey, uh, it's, it's like this. It's like saying Nadia's Holy Spirit, and that's not hard to imagine. And so, in my life anyway, because the voice is very clear. Uh, uh, it's like me dragging, dragging her, but that's not the way it's supposed to be. Why is it not the way it's supposed to be? The way it's not, why it's not meant to be like that is because my thoughts are not his thoughts. My ways are limited. My understanding is limited. My, my feelings will get in the way. My emotions will take over. And I'll be led by me, the flesh. But the Bible says, do not be led by the flesh. Be led by the Spirit. And so we actually need to seize control and say, okay, you lead me. And if we would go where she would want us to go... I, th- I thought she was going to go behind the curtain for a kiss. I just, I thought it, I thought it, it didn't happen. It didn't happen. I'm now frustrated about where you're leading me. Uh, but the Holy Spirit will take us places that we can't get on our own. We can't make happen. And there's a whole lot more joy in doing it this way. You look better, hey? Who knows I look a whole lot better with her? You look better, you feel better. There's a freedom. There's no striving. There's no, like, making things happen. No, it's just like, God, I trust you. You lead me. Lead me wherever you want to lead me. And if we would do that, then God would be able to do something in us that can't be done on our own ability. And he would birth something in our lives. Hello. That cannot be done on your own. This cannot happen on our own. And, And the Holy Spirit will enable something to be birthed into our life that will expand your life if you stay together, if you link with him and let Holy Spirit lead you. Just a little one. Oh, yeah. So, let's today talk about, um, let's talk about how we let him lead. Is that cool? Can we be pretty practical today? Before, before we talk about that, sorry, notice the point. Um, actually, there's a link between how much we let him lead and how much we love him. And this, this hurts me. Like, so please, I'm talking to myself. But ever noticed when he actually promises the Holy Spirit in John 14 that he starts that moment. He starts that very moment saying in John 14, if you love me, keep my commands. So he's promising the Holy Spirit. The title is Jesus promises the Holy Spirit. But he starts even before, if you love me, you'll follow my commands. Which tells me there's a link. There's a link. It's not a follow my desire and my thoughts and my will. There's a link of love. And when I don't, it actually reveals my level of love. It doesn't reveal my level of desire for God to move. It doesn't reveal my level of wanting and needing Him to move. It reveals the level of love I have for God Himself, for 
the Father, for Jesus, for the Holy Spirit. John 15 again says, and you are my friend if you do what I've commanded. That's how we know we're friends. It's not when I have to follow you, but when you follow me. <laughs> wow. 1 John 1, 6. And this is love, that we will walk in obedience to his command. That's amazing. And this is Jesus speaking. He said, oh, well, show me more scripture on it. He just needs to say things once. And I'm pretty sure it's a big deal. Like that's enough for us to grab our attention. So how do we let him lead? Are you ready for this? All right. How do we let him lead? Put it down into four different, uh, three different things. First one is a great way to help him lead us and enable him to lead us is to first receive, is to receive. So John 14, it says, if you love me, keep my commands and I'll ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you. Here we go, advocate, helper, and they will be with you or he will be with you, sorry, forever. The spirit of truth. See, I love this. God freely gives his son Jesus and then he freely gives us the Holy Spirit, which tells me it's a gift. It's a gift for me to receive. That's pretty awesome. The gift of Jesus changes everything. The gift of the Holy Spirit, guess what? It changes everything. Like it adds so much. And then Luke, it actually talks about the significance of when Jesus come back, just before he goes, he says, you actually need to stay before you go so that you can receive the gift and be clothed with power. To be clothed with power. Without question, I think that there are many believers who are going, but they haven't yet got all of been purposed or are required to receive. We have yet received, but we're still trying to go. But actually, he says you need to receive and then go. So they stay, and then we understand Acts 2 happens in the upper room, where God encounters all of them. They're baptized, which means to be fully immersed. They're fully immersed in the Spirit of God, and they are clothed with power. And they receive a new language. They speak in the Holy Spirit. They speak in tongues. And then they, this speaking in tongues is, is not a corporate thing. It's an individual. Per person had their own encounter, tongues of fire on top of their head. They spoke in their own language that is natural to them. How awesome is that? And if it was natural to them, then that tells me that speaking in the language of the Holy Spirit is actually natural to me. It's not weird and, and, and out of, wow, that's, that's rad. No, no, it's actually natural. It's my natural spirit language. And then they go from that place and they're empowered and instantly everything goes to another level and they see 3,000 people saved that day and baptized. So no Holy Spirit and they have great things happening. First day of having and being filled with the Holy Spirit, 3,000 people are drawn. Who knows that having the Holy Spirit on your life makes things more attractive and draws more. It doesn't make you weirder and, uh, and, and all that. Come on, the moment we make this all super spiro is the moment I think we're getting this wrong. It's a spiritual dynamic, but it's not meant to be super spiro. It's not meant to be some weird thing. It's not meant to be unapproachable. It's supposed to make us more approachable. It's most, not to make us unrelevant. It's to, I believe it's so that we can be more relevant. It's not to make me more isolated. It should make me more unified. Why? Because I am in line with God's heart, with God's grace, with God's love, with God's purpose, with God's plan. And in aligned in that, that means I help more, I serve more, I give more, I love more. Anybody else see that piece of confetti just fall down? Sorry to interrupt the service. And so this amazing thing takes place where they encounter the Holy Spirit. From that point, as people believe, they baptize them in the Holy Spirit. We understand that Saul has a radical encounter with God and he becomes Paul. He's even renamed, right? He gets called, um, 
Paul, and now Paul, full of the Holy Spirit, is going around and he's preaching like just fire, right? People are just astounded at his theology and his understanding and as a way to make and link with people. And then also, miracles are breaking out everywhere, right? And I think that should be evidence of our lives filled with the Holy Spirit, that miracles should be breaking out all around us. It should not be a, wow, did you hear of that? It should be like, oh, awesome. You know, it, yeah. They're breaking out everywhere. And then he would go to places where people believed and he'd say, what baptism have you received? And they would say the baptism of John. He would say, that's awesome. Baptism of John's great, but it's just the baptism of repentance, which is an amazing thing to be saved. But have you got the baptism of being filled with the Holy Spirit? Acts 19 talks about this dynamic. And then they're like, no, we've not heard of that. And he goes, oh man, get ready for this. 12 of them come over. He lays hands on them. We understand that they fall over because it says after that, they got up, right? People go, whoa, people falling over. Man, if, if he's God, right? He's God and He's huge and He's powerful. When His presence touches your life and your two little pegs can't stand anymore because of the wonder of God's presence, that doesn't make that weird. That just makes that, wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. If you have never seen it before, it's okay. You will look, it will feel like maybe they just, maybe they just, maybe they just died. No, they did not. God's presence touched them uh, and it's an amazing, it's an amazing thing. So he, he moves and then it says they got up and they spoke in tongues and they prophesied. It's amazing because uh, this, this language of the Holy Spirit, this, this being baptized in the Holy Spirit, is something that we need to desire. It's this gift that we need to go after. And in fact, the Bible talks about it in 1 Corinthians 12 and 1 Corinthians 14. The Apostle Paul actually says, uh, stuttering without stuttering, he instructs us to earnestly seek the gift of tongues. Earnestly seek it. Like, earnestly seek that thing. Go after that gift. He also talks about prophecy. Prophecy is amazing because it's about the edifying and the building up of others, speaking life into people, speaking hope into people, speaking grace into people. But the speaking in tongues is about lifting up, edifying, and building us. And so he goes, though I wish you speak more in prophecy because it's about assisting others. He also says, though I also speak in tongues more than all of you put together. And we get amazed at what Paul did, but it's just because his connection and his proximity with the Holy Spirit was so close. So it was a natural flow over because of what he was doing, which, by the way, not to uh, embarrass, but Steph, uh, in worship, I just saw God have you in a slingshot uh, and like he was pulling you back, ready to release you. Let's go further than before. I know there's a great generational blessing, but I see that you standing upon that and launching to another level. I didn't want to deny that uh, what God put in my heart earlier for you, which is awesome, but... um, But when we speak in the Holy Spirit, what we are doing is we are building up, edifying God's Spirit, His will, His wisdom, His ways, His power, His grace, His understanding, His love. Why? Why do we do that? Why? So that He can use me, speak through me. His will can be done. And He can do what I clearly can't do on my own. You know, people, we can struggle sometimes with the speaking in tongues because it is hard to get our head around but come on, if, if he's the one that can speak and earth is formed, if he knows all the stars by names, which he does, if he counts your head, hairs, if he counts the hairs on the number of, on your head, day and night, why, like an obsessed, uh, obsessed, obsessed, and like an obsessed father would, how could he not in an instant give you just a fresh language? Like, oh, no, that's just so, no, 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 how could he not? You, you happily believe Jesus raised from the dead, but you can't believe you can receive a language like that? I'm telling you, he's got a fresh language for you. That's just between your spirit and him. Like just this connection, that's amazing. When I feel like I don't want to get up in the morning, Holy Spirit, I start speaking in tongues. 
When I'm in a meeting and it's over my depth and I'm not sure what to start, I start under my breath speaking in tongues. Why? Because I'm getting and downloading God's wisdom. I'm downloading God's spirit. I'm downloading God's passion. Come on, when we're in situations where there's temptation around us, speak in the language of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because He starts making you holier, not staying in your holy lacknessness. He keeps drawing us closer to Him. So for me, I went on the journey of going and desiring being baptized in the Holy Spirit and I went after it and, and I'd go on altar calls and, um, and I'd go up with that mentality, you won't get me down. Uh, you know, so I'd stand there in, in a ready stance that was just like, I'm not falling. And, um, and who knows, I, I didn't fall, uh, nor did I receive much. Why? Because I had the wall up. <laughs> and then I finally got over that after about three altar calls and thought, okay, God, I just want you to be God and just do what you want to do. And I'm just ready. And, and it's not about what they say, but I'm just going to be praying. And then that moment someone touched me, don't know who, and I ended up on the ground. I'm like, whoa, I'm on the ground. You know what? You're still alive and you can think. And I'm like, here I am on the ground, uh, you know, check the midriff to make sure the t-shirt hadn't rolled up and people weren't, they weren't looking at my belly button and uh, thought about all those things. And then I thought, rather than running away, I'm actually going to let God meet me here. And I just stayed there. And actually what felt like a couple of minutes was 30 minutes. And he just spoke in my life and his presence was there. It was amazing. I got up and then I'm like, all right, you know, shut up. Nothing was there. And the Bible does talk about many, most, most people were baptized in the Holy Spirit and then they spoke in another language. It doesn't say every single situation, but for me, I didn't receive it in that moment. So next altar call, next moment, I'm after it. I want that gift. I want that. I'm on every altar call. Seven altar calls later, someone's like, stop thinking. Let your spirit speak. So I'm just like, shut, shut. And then he goes, that's it. I'm like, what's it? He goes, shut. That's it. And I'm like, Shah. And he goes, yeah, say that. And I'm just like, Shah, 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 Shah. I felt funny. My mouth felt weird, but I could not deny his presence was close. His presence was close. So I'd just go home and worship and I'd just Shah, Shah the day away. Like I would, because I'm like, God, I, I, I can sense your presence in it. That's what I want. I need that closeness with you. And it was amazing in a worship in a service where there was worship, I was just worshiping and all of a sudden it flowed freely. I'm going to tell you that the Holy Spirit is not weird. The Holy Spirit is close. He's a comforter. He's a counselor. He's a friend. He's, he's a spirit of truth. He's an advocate. And when you spray in the language of the Holy Spirit, come on, it fills us. Why do I spend time talking about that? Why? Because if you're not yet in that place where you've experienced and have that gift, come on, don't hold that at arm's length. Why don't you open your heart, open the possibility to God to lead you and move in that way? We need the fullness of God's spirit so we can live the fullness of God's plan. We cannot live the fullness of God's plan without the fullness of his spirit. It's impossible. It's impossible. We can live a good life, but come on, I don't want just a good life. I want a God-filled life that pushes me outside my comfort zones, that takes me beyond what I could see in my own. Come on, it's like a fragrance he gives us. He gives us a gift. And so often we're like, oh, the Holy Spirit's awesome. And it's like, oh, it's a really nice one. Oh, well, I'm gonna use that on just special occasions. It's not about a special occasion gift. It's not the watch that you just put on when you're wearing a suit. He wants it to be the everyday, every scenario. Just spray that thing. Go after it. Yes, more, more. You know, there's, there's no limit. <laughs> what was funny is I actually read this just before I came in. I read this and it's in the brand, I don't know, but it says, stronger with you. I was like, well, I'm stronger with you too, buddy. Uh, but no, it's, it's a serious. That when we have the Holy Spirit, we're stronger when we're with Him, we're stronger in that dynamic. Come on, it's not just for now and again. No, that fragrance, that presence of God is to be with us everywhere we go, everything we do. People should notice a difference. It's the every situation. So one, we need to receive. Two, we need to be receptive. We need to be receptive. 
I've got to be quick, but he is speaking, are we listening? He is speaking, are we listening? I have never audibly heard the voice of God, but I hear him speak all the time. It is not about getting this, Craig. That's not the goal. The goal is the nudge. The goal is, the, is, that, is that readiness for God. You just put it in my spirit. Put it in my heart. Put it in my mind. I'm ready. I'm listening. When I see different scenarios, he shows me things. When other people are speaking to me, things are highlighted, and I know that's not just them speaking. I know that's something for me. That's the awesome thing is that when you speak, God can use you. He wants to speak through you. He wants to enable those things to take place. He gives us revelations. In worship, he speaks to me. Come on, when things are taking place, he speaks to me. The place he speaks to me the most is his word. Holy Spirit speaks to me so much when I'm reading my word. That's his word. His word is his word. And his word is his word. In the beginning was the word. And the word was God. And the word was with God. The word is God. The God is the word. Holy Spirit is the word. The word is the Holy Spirit. They're all aligned. And we go, I just never hear from him. When did you last open your Bible? Open it. Read it and say, Lord, would you speak to me? And I tell you, he'll drop something in your heart. Come on, that can't be robbed tomorrow. It's something from him. I've learned that when he speaks, come on, it is encouraging, but it's challenging. It will challenge the status quo of this day that says you can't tell me what to do. He will tell you what to do. And you may not want to do it, but he'll still speak to you. Why? Because he sees what you're able to do beyond what you naturally think you can do. Come on, he will confront things in your life. He will not let you be stagnant and stay still. He wants you to move forward. He wants you to progress. I learned his voice probably the most when I was younger in giving. In giving. Every Friday night with youth and young adults that we would attend, there would come a moment, hey, we're going to take up the offering today. Hey, just take a moment to hear God on what, he want, what you want to give. And I would just go, God, what do you want me to give? Be like, oh, $2. Okay, $5, $20, $50, everything. And every week I would hear, and I got to know that voice. And because I'd always be open to that voice, and in the area of giving, who knows, it's attached to our heart. So if we can hear him over the worldly wants of finance, and we can have that clarity there, who knows, the voice sounds the same. So the same voice that he said, give $2, was the same voice he said, marry Nadia. It wasn't a different voice. I'm not looking for a different voice. It's the same voice. I go, oh, I know that voice. I really like that voice. That's a great voice. I really like this girl. This is unbelievable. The same voice, as I shared the other day at Easter on the Thursday night about turning around and picking up a complete stranger, was the same voice I heard when I heard the same voice to say, marry Nadia. It's the same voice. I know that voice. When you're walking through a foyer and the, and the voice says, hey, stop, talk to them. It's the same voice. It's not bigger for bigger situations. It's his, it's his voice. And the more we let him lead, the more we'll know how to follow. And the more we listen, the more we identify. And the more we step out in what he says, the more we'll see that it's proven, it's tested. And when I followed it last time, it turned out. And when I followed it that time, it turned out. And so now I've heard it, I just follow it. And I get to know the voice. It becomes familiar. It becomes regular to me. Is this okay? I feel like I'm compensating because I'm on the stool. I'm trying to just be a little bit louder than normal. <laughs> any, any big decision, can I say, any big decision, any level of consequence to a decision, I want you to engage leadership, spiritual leadership, godly leadership, because he doesn't operate in silo. <laughs> so there's big decisions we've had to make, like getting married. So I engaged my youth pastor. I said, man, I just really feel like this this morning in my quiet time, God said, you're going to marry her. And he's like, that's a good idea. That's great. And I have this confirmation. Who knows that if God's big enough to speak to you, he's also big enough to speak to those, come on, who would place their lives to help you be all that God wants you to be. They're not there to limit you. He's there to help you. And then I rang my dad and I said, Dad, I feel like I should marry Nadi. He goes, well, you'd be stupid not to. And I was like, 
Good confirmation. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I'll take that. But also, we need to know that the Holy Spirit will never contradict His Word. Measure it to the Word. If it contradicts the Word of God, it's not the Spirit of God. It will not. Oh, I just feel like getting back at that person. I just feel it in my spirit. That's not the right spirit. (laughs) But the amazing thing is that when we respond to His Spirit, in the small, He'll reveal much. Don't you love it? I love Jeremiah where he says, go down to the potter's house and then I'll reveal more. So he goes down to the potter's house and then he starts in the potter's house, he starts to reveal that he can take any broken thing, anything and make it a wonderful creation. But if he had never got to the potter's house, he would have never got the revelation. Come on, he's asking us to do small things and if we follow him in the small, it's going to lead to more. But come on, we've got to trust and go. Not be the dog trying to chase us somewhere else. No, no, okay, where do you want me to go? All right, I'll go. Where do you want me to respond? I'll respond. And I've seen him use me in amazing ways. I've seen... Deaf ears open, blind eyes open. I've seen somebody have no money for food. All of a sudden have money because God said, give them 20 bucks. Why? Is that glory to me? No, God knows every person and he wants us all to help each other. Come on, to be able to be all that God wants us to be. The third thing is we need to do, and I need to hurry. The third thing is we need to respond. We need to respond. As I've trusted God and responded to his leading, I have seen God do many things. And firstly, the things he does is in me before he does it elsewhere. It's seriously exciting. It's not nerve-wracking, although it's nerve-wracking. It's exciting. We need to get that perspective. When God speaks to you, it's exciting. (laughs) If you feel like when God speaks to you, you're always in trouble. I don't really reckon that's him. Now, he might need some things to correct, but a good dad always says more positive than he will say negative. So if you always feel like you're getting heavy-handed by God, I don't know if that's him. Now, if there's correction needed, he'd be like, come on, man, I love you. Come on, daughter, I love you. There's better. Let's go. It's an encouragement to come. And that's what I love about the response to the Holy Spirit is most of the time, it's come. It's come. What does come mean? Come means I'm already there. I talk to my dog, Sky. come. I want you to come where I already am. And in that, she comes to me. She hears my voice and she comes. And from that moment, we go forward. It's a real encourager and a security giver that when we hear God say and speak, he's actually most of the time saying, come. I'm already there. And the miracle I want you to pray for, I'm already there. Come on, in the, in the, in the, in the opportunity and work that I want you to step into, I'm already there. In the business I've asked you to start, I'm already there. Come on, in the, in the area of restoration in your relationship, I'm already there. Like, I'm already there. Like, come, come. Come, come on, come, come, get out of your, come, get out of ways easy, come, come. Jesus walking on the water towards them, they think it's a ghost. Immediately he says to them, take courage, it's I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come on the water to you. And he says, come. Peter got out of the boat. Peter didn't delay, Peter didn't question, Peter didn't wonder. He got out of the boat and he started to walk on water. How awesome is that? And then obviously he saw the waves. Keep your eyes on the one who told you to come. (laughs) Keep your eyes in that moment you step out. When you respond, keep your eyes on the one to come. He was afraid and began to sink and he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. And he said, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? Some people think, and I used to think that's a real heavy statement, but I reckon he was kind of saying, man, you were doing it. Like you were full on out of the boat. Like I, I look back at how far we've come. Like you're good five, 10 meters. Like, look at that. Why'd you doubt, man? You were doing it. And sometimes we've, and I just believe this right now, some people you've followed the Holy Spirit and then you've got aware of all the things around you. You've become aware of the challenges that surround you and you've stopped 
going where the Holy Spirit's asked you to go. And He is right there to grab you. He is right there to grab you. You will not sink. He'll grab you. But He's going, come on, why did you doubt now? You've gone so far. Don't give up. Let's keep walking. Let's keep going. The winds and the waves are only noise and they're only motion. I am the rock of salvation. Come on, I am the one who cannot move. I will be with you wherever you go. Come, because I'm already there. And I pray, I pray in this place. Come on, there's a fresh confidence when we hear the voice. Revelations 22, 17. We understand the Holy Spirit's at the very start, but He's also at the very end. Revelations 22, what does it say? The Spirit and the bride say, come. He's saying, come. He cannot force you because He's the same nature of Jesus. He cannot make you, but He will in all of His heart and all of His ability. He'll say, come, come, come. And I know for all of us, I know that sometimes for us, we have shut that voice out. We've stopped listening to it. And I'm just believing, not condemnation, I'm praying for a fresh conviction. Come on, there's something in us starts to say, Holy Spirit, I'm listening. Would you speak to me? Would you speak to me? And I'm believing, come on, that we would take a moment this week. We would take a moment today. Let's make it today, because if we don't do it today, we're not going to do it tomorrow. Take a moment today, grab your phone, grab a notepad and say, Holy Spirit, what are you talking to me about? What is it the area that you're asking me to come? Maybe he's just asking an open area of your heart more. That's a big step for a lot of us. Would you come? Because <laughs> he's already there. He's already there. He just wants to meet you right there. He wants to lead us forward. Maybe it is about stepping out in a certain area. Maybe it is about doing cap or next steps, whatever it is. But he's saying, come on, come. Come, come, come. I love you. <laughs> I love you. Would you come? Would you come? Would you come? Would you come? And when we go there, when we step out, come on, miracles are able to happen. Miracles are able to happen and He's able to birth something, come on, in you that's far, far greater than you can do on your own. See, this isn't just a once a thing. This is an everyday thing. Don't you love it? Here's what I want you to do. Romans 12. God helping you take your everyday ordinary life. You're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work, you're walking around and place it before God as an offering. Awesome. The NIV says, this is your spiritual act of worship. So actually in our ability to surrender to God is actually not... It may not be a song, but it has a fragrance. Come on. Monday, there's, there's the Holy Spirit. There's His presence. There's His ability. Come on, in your work situation, there's His presence. There's His ability. Brenda needs more. <laughs> Paul always needs a bit more. Come on. Every day, every day, if you just lay you down and, and let me lead. Come on, this is, that's worship. worship. Worship isn't just this. Worship is this. The greatest moment of a song ever sung was when Christ was on the cross and He says, it is finished. The greatest act of worship is when He laid down His life. Come on, don't you love what the Bible says in Matthew? It says, come to me, all who are thirsty and weary, I'll give you rest. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have any questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifeau.org.